Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always, it's Gator. And today, we have a guest. Yes. Uh... A gentleman that I met several years back when I was actually helping Nick out with his newspaper, David Voigts. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's Voigts. Voigts? Voigts. Voigts, yeah. Voigts, okay. So there you go. So David and I have uh, kind of become friends on Facebook, and we have what some people might call um, you know, some similar theories and ideas about the world at large. Okay. You know? Things that Nick sometimes might pick on me about, sometimes might agree with, but uh, David and I are in, in some ways on the same page on a few things, so um, wanted to bring him in. David, when I first met you, you were traveling across the country to bring awareness to what you call TIs or targeted individuals. Can you kind of... Well, before we get into anything, I think we need a cigar. And so we're going to be smoking. Uh, I'm ready to interview. I know you are, but I'm ready to light up my cigar. <laughs> and so so we're smoking a cigar that David enjoys. It is the uh, Romeo, uh, Romeo He Julieta, Romeo Churchill. Uh, it is a 7x56 um, Gordo Churchill. Um, it says Churchill. It says but... Churchill, but it's, it's a Gordo. So... Um, it has an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Dominican binder, and Dominican filler, and um, it's a it's a hefty son bitch. Let so, me. Uh, I need to get mine out of the cellophane, and then uh, okay. it is time that we go ahead and prep to cut the cigar. And the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, That's Missouri. Right, it is. And Dan the Man Ponder over there, he's gearing up for that big of uh, annual event on September twenty fourth. He's got the smoking ash and or no smoking butts and tapping ash barbecue uh, crew coming out. These guys can cook. You know, there's going to be a cigar yeah. roller there. There's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. There's David, some, you're you're welcome to come down to the event. It's going to be some great cigars on hand. Sounds good. Yeah, you know, and it's going to be a great day. We're going to sit outside. We're going to enjoy ourselves. It's going to be a wonderful day. So you're not going to want to miss that. That's Saturday, September 24th at Riverman Cigar Company. And- the night before, we have Pulpit Fest here, too. Right so here. So it's at- a whole weekend of cigar extravaganza. It's true. It's true. Right here <laughs> at Top Shooters is Pulpit Fest. Pulpit and, Fest. Uh, yeah. Come on out. It'll be a good time. Uh, lots of people showing up. So anyway, if you don't have a brick-and-mortar store near you and you want cigars, you can always call Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company. He does do mail orders. So give him a ring. He can get a box sent out to what, you what'd right you say? away. What did you say the other day? He's got over 700 facings. Yeah. I mean, dear God. What, he, he has a lot of cigars. If, if he doesn't have the cigar, he's going to have a cigar. Precisely. If you know what I mean. Precisely. Yeah. Because so. Just because you like a cigar doesn't mean you won't like that cigar, too. It's true. Expand your horizons. It's true. Try things out. All right. Well, it's time we go ahead and uh, cut the cigar. I didn't know how long you keep that going until you shanked me. I. What are you talking about? <laughs> just keep. Just keep. I feel talking. like the shanking is coming my way today, but that's okay. <laughs> like it's just constant coming my way today. Oh, you that's poor all right. guy. I'm gonna go. It's ahead hard and, being you. It. This has been a day. It's been a very stressful, very frantic day so far. 
So, okay. Yeah, you got stuck in interstate traffic like a parking lot. I did. And I had this woman in front of me. This old woman in a hundred. David, Hyundai I Elantra apologize for his rage. Didn't understand how to zipper. <laughs> she didn't no, David, she didn't understand how to zipper. <laughs> when traffic is merging in a construction zone, you zipper. One car, one car, one car, one car. She was just up the ass of the car in front of her. And she would not let me onto the highway. She wouldn't let two other people get in front of her when their lane was ending. And it's just, and she's like frantic. And then we get past the thing, uh, the the line, and, and traffic opens up. And she's gunning it. Well, I gunned it right after her. I'm doing like 80 miles an hour coming up on her just so that I could pass her and flip her off. I'm not normally one to do that, but by God, I had to do it. I had to do it. Probably somebody's mom. She's white-knuckling the steering wheel and look. Oh, no. she. I mean, at some point, she was somebody's daughter, but her mom is dead because she's old. Oh, my and God. And so, yeah. And it just, like, was that way. And so I flipped her off, and I felt a lot better after you doing You flipped so. off a little old lady? I did. I did. Dear Because God. you know what? Learn how to zipper. You got to zipper in the lanes. You realize at this moment, David's like, what the fuck? Whatever. <laughs> Sorry I brought you into this fiasco. <laughs> Sorry. I needed to so, get that off and, my and chest. And by the way, these cigars no, came I've, in. I've listened to a couple of the shows. Oh, good. Okay. So you you at least know what you're getting into. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Yep, now, now, this cigar came on your recommendation, my friend. Are you smoking with us today or are you inside? I'm I'm inside. I can't smoke. Okay, fair enough. Well, we'll we'll smoke it in your honor then. We're gonna give a couple of tasting notes real quick, and then hopefully Nick will let me get back to the interview I'm that he so rudely interrupted. Rudely <laughs> interrupted. I, I'm sorry. It's a cigar podcast, and I wanted to get the oh, cigar right. going. So anyway, cold draw, Jeff. What are you getting on the cold draw? Do you even have a lighter and a cutter? No, of course you don't. Did you notice how quick I was with the cellophane, though? I didn't want to be obnoxious with our guests. I get it. Cold draw. That way we can get to the interview quickly. Hmm. I need something to drink. I'm dry. Dr. Pepper. The smell of Dr. Pepper. Pepper. I don't know if I... It smells like Dr. Pepper tastes. Okay. You know what? I'm going to have to take your word on that because I'm not a soda guy. So I have I'm a pepper. You're a pepper. She's never a pepper had Dr. Pepper. I don't know if I got any of that in the right order, but never had Dr. Pepper. When when were you, David? Do you know when you were supposed to drink Dr. Pepper? Was it ten two and was it ten two and four? Was that it? There was there were specific times to drink Dr. Pepper as a kid. <laughs> I don't think he has any idea what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> I like that look. Like, oh, what the hell's wrong with you? All right, like, it's just a little bit of a delay. Oh yeah, no, the delay. The you'll have that with Zoom sometimes, and it becomes a whole yeah. thing. So, uh, I'm gonna look it up here. When to drink Dr. Pepper? I mean, you could just light your cigar so we can get on with this. Ten, two, and four. Okay. I was right. Oh, good. All right. Anyway, I'm a child, Dave. Sorry. <laughs> so okay, so back to where we were when you know Nick. Oh my God. Stop talking. To light the cigar. How <laughs> light while he's talking. So, you were walking across the country to bring awareness to targeted individuals. Can you explain to us what that is and why you were, uh, you know, taking time out of your life to bring awareness to that? Okay. So, this is essentially what we've learned about in what's now called the Havana Syndrome. 
This is the wireless attacks that were were uh, conducted on the U.S. diplomats uh, in Havana, China, and now it's it's come to United States. What the public does not know is that this has been around for a long time, and it's used in cases like uh, where Harvey Weinstein wanted to silence and discredit all of his accusers, or saying like the church, cases where the Church of Scientology might want to go after one of its critics to discredit them. So having been a military officer, I'm a graduate of the United States Naval Academy. I have a degree in control systems engineering, and I worked in electronics warfare. I knew about this as an offensive weapon, but I had also learned that some of these people were taking jobs after their military career in the same situation that uh, was revealed in the Harvey Weinstein case where they're in private intelligence firms where they have a security clearance. They're working for both the government and for private industry, basically doing uh, industrial espionage, that sort of stuff. So it's, it's something that the public needs to know about, but it's so complex and so scary that people kind of shut down when they start to hear about it. So that's what I was trying to do. And then not just a few months later, those first Havana syndrome cases come out. So that, that article that you wrote is actually, you know, I kind of got on the record with that and some of the other ones that I was able to get in uh, before that came out. Interesting. Now, okay, so people that may not be up to speed on Havana syndrome, let's circle back on that. What, in, in, in the beginning, it was kind of a conspiracy theory. I think it's pretty much just, fact now that that something happened yes there are a couple of psychiatrists that stick to the old line that it's a conspiracy theory but they're kind of invested because they wrote books Mm. but most of them are of the mind that it's it's you know this is a real real type of attack and basically we had the the reason it's havana syndrome we had a number of diplomats that suffered essentially brain injuries from some sort of weapon yes. down at our embassy in embassy or consulate or whatever it may be in, in Cuba. That's right. And they've been done numerous uh, uh, interviews on it. The latest one came on from 60 minutes uh, in February. And they talked about some of the attacks on children, which they hadn't talked about before. And uh, that interview is on YouTube. You could look on the 60 Minutes YouTube page and just see for yourself. It's about 45 minutes. And then they also have a 60 Minutes Overtime episode that talks about some of the diplomats' children and what had been done to them. And it's really bizarre stuff that kind of lends uh, you know, some um Specifically, they had one guy where he, he talked about he was standing over his daughter's crib and it sounded like yeah, if you've seen one of those like charity things they'll have in them all where you stick a quarter in it and it's a large funnel and it will circle around and around. He said that he heard that sound over his daughter's bed. If a, a normal person had said something like that, they'd be calling child protective services or thinking that you're paranoid. And uh so it's, it's just an issue that I wanted to get out to the public uh, as quickly as I can, but it's just taking some time to get some traction. Eventually, it will break. It's like the, the Weinstein case or eventually you know, like the R. Kelly case. These things do come to light. It just takes a while for the public to get some exposure to it. Well, and, you know, and I talk about I talk often. Anytime somebody tells me that I'm a conspiracy, you know, nut or whatever, I always bring up St. Louis, Missouri. 
Because back in, yes. I guess, the 50s and 60s, the government sprayed zinc cadmium sulfide, if I'm correct there, if I remember right. Yes. Basically, they, they were particles that were, that were mixed with fluorescent paint that may or may not have been uh, radioactive. And they just sprayed it willy-nilly around the St. Louis area, including the old Pruitt-Igo um, you know, development where you had like 10,000 people living, you know, in low-income housing. They sprayed it at Forest Park. They sprayed it all over St. Louis. They did it under the guise of, you know, uh, oh, we're, we're, we're testing smoke screens to confuse Russian bombers. And they were basically poisoning the people of St. Louis. And I don't even know to what end, because it doesn't seem like they ever circled back to see what the findings were. They just did it and then, I guess, thought better of it and quit. Are, are you aware of that? Oh, sorry. Are you aware of, of that, that that took place here in St. Louis? It's, they've done several of those all across the country. I know they did one in uh, Tampa Bay as well. And then the most famous one were, were the use of LSD. That's the most common one that people know about that was talked about in the 70s, MK Ultra. Um, but there, the other piece that, that, that wasn't talked about so much was the uh, experiments uh, from the human machine interface uh, aspect of that that training or not training, but that uh, program, and I, I like there's a a show called uh, Dark Matters Twisted but True. It has the guy from Fringe, John Noble, and uh, there's a segment called Remote Control Man that talks about the electrical part of those those type of experiments. The, this modern uh, Havana syndrome is uh, now a wireless version of this and you can you can go onto the internet and see this they're doing this type of uh, experimentation in, co- in college uh, campuses there's a guy out of uh, uh, University of California system professor Jack Gallant that does fMRI mind rate you could see that up, up you know from 10 years ago there's lectures that they did at Stanford of where they're showing them what the person's looking at and then what the fMRI machine um, measures through their um, statistical algorithm, just you know, it's it's basically you can see this on, on YouTube right today, and uh, it's just something that the public does not know about. They don't know that how the these the system is now uh, wireless, and then it's widely available not just to nation states but to the types of private intel firms we've heard about in the news in some of these harassment cases. So. To what end? Why, why, why would the government do it? And then, you know, like with a lot of other government projects, like you said, that, that intel, that tech, the, you know, the, the ability to use this kind of stuff then does trickle out to contractors who end up using it. Yes. And so to what end? Why, why are we doing this? Or why has this technology come to place? It's really, it's really about psychology. I think one of the best ways to understand this is to watch shows like uh, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief, or Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath. It's really an issue of, it's the the psychology of the perpetrator. This is like a a disorder of the ego. These people are not just malignant narcissists. These are like legitimate sociopaths and psychopaths. And now, especially because we have uh, the proliferation of the internet in the 90s and the 2000s, where 
for the first time in their career, some of the, some of these people are seeing criticism, and they can't those these types of personalities cannot handle it. You know, people you know in even in the political sphere that you anyone can get get on the internet, and if there's a story from a, you know a politician, you can you can make your own comment. Whereas before, it was always directed by what the media wrote. You know, there was no direct interaction from the the public. You know, or very little uh, that could you know have any type of leveraged outcome like we'd see in what, I don't know, like a Joe Rogan podcast, or you see uh, like Russell Brand, somebody as an individual where they're able to bring on guests. And like, if somebody has a good idea as a singular person, they can now have a voice and there's just some personalities. They can't handle it. Um, there's another good uh, example of some eBay executives who targeted a Natick Massachusetts couple who were right, had some criticisms about uh, eBay and the uh, FBI Boston busted several of these people. This one is wild. You can uh, type in like FBI Boston, uh, six eBay executives um, indicted for cyber stalking. And that is essentially what this case is. And uh, if you look at the charging papers, some of the, I think I've, I've got a note here on this. Some of the jobs from these people. So it's, it's a mixture of older men, a 45-year-old man, 48-year-old man, 51-year-old man. Two of them were former police captains. And then some younger women uh, who were participating in this, this stalking scheme. And they did things like they were sending a bloody pig mask to this couple. They were oh they my had gosh. live co- yeah, a, a live cockroaches to their house. They were sending pornography, not to them, you know, in their name to their neighbors and then going on like it's crazy stuff, like going on swinger sites and inviting people to their house. So it's just this sort of it's something you'd see out of, a, you know, you'd see something like of a, a bitter divorce or something. But you have six people here and one of you know, if you I look at Carl. their. Sorry, I had a phone call from, yeah. ironically, the U.S. government. Oh, Oh, God. I'm super not joking. Did it really say that? I'll bring up the caller ID. Hang on a second. What does that say, Jeff? Holy shit, it does. U.S. US government. U.S. government. Okay, then. Well, they can wait. Anyway, back back to where you were there. Sorry. It's unsettling. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so like some of the, if you look at the, the job titles of some of these people, I'm looking at like the senior director of safety and security. The director of global resiliency, uh, manager of special uh, special operations. I don't know why eBay would have special operations. And then uh, a leader of global intelligence. Another one that was a contractor. So it's it's all of these things that look kind of like counterintelligence, but for a corporation. And then if you look at the Weinstein case, um, you know he had you know as a guy making movies, you know he had used. Uh, uh, this guy, David Boyes, a lawyer who had, had argued uh, like the Gore case in 2000 during the election, was basically acting as a kind of an intermediary between these people, you know, where they would take, you know, this this uh, attorney client privilege and then hire out these types of groups uh, to harass and stalk people. Interesting. So. All right. Let me let me back up here. Um I'm trying to wrap my head around all this. And I guess my question becomes, 
So we're talking about, I guess, psychological warfare to a degree? Yes. Okay. It is. That's what it is. All right. So I guess my fundamental question that I have is, who is the perpetrator who's doing the warfare? How are they choosing their, like, for lack of a better term, targets. Tar- targets. So I was yeah. going to say victims, yeah. but we'll say, target, yeah. so we'll say targets. And like, and is it literally just for experimentation, just to see how they would react in such a situation, or are there specific people it's, it's, that they want to do specific things? And like, I, I'm, I'm so that, yeah, yeah, I understand. So th- that's the question of why do people do it? And so to answer that, it's it's something like the East German Stasi used to do. So the East German Stasi in, in uh, East Germany used to have, they had a program that was similar called like a Zerzetzung, which means biodegradation. And they would do these sorts of stalking schemes and they would, you know, it, it could be for any reason. It could be for, you know, just somebody that's speaking up about the East German government, somebody that has criticized a party. It's like, wh- why does any authoritarian type of group target somebody? Uh, in some cases, it's just as petty as uh, like a, a bitter divorce. You know, the hus- there's a case out of Calgary where the, the husband hired three uh, police cap or police captains that worked for the Calgary uh, police office. You know, the, the Calgary Police Department to harass his ex-wife. And yeah. to, to, he wanted to make her make her look like a nut so that he could get custody of the children. And I guess because he's a narcissist, wanted to ha- have her suffer. Um. It could be something as simple as the person is annoying. You have annoyed somebody with a, a huge ego, and they have the resources and the ability to do, to do this, and so they're going to make a kind of an example of someone. And then in the political sphere, this is about containment. This is something that uh, the people in the political parties that do this don't want this information out there because if the public were to learn that they're targeting thousands and thousands of everyday Americans using the Havana syndrome weapons, it would just, it, you know, it would undermine their credibility with their base. And I think with, uh, you know, some of the stuff they talked about, uh, parents speaking up at uh, school board meetings are terrorists, that, that sort of stuff. That's kind of, you know, they're, it's not as concealed as it was, uh, just a few years ago, um, so it's it's I, it, you know why does anyone do this sort of thing? I I, you know, I just can't imagine you know I'm going to spend in, in the case of like Scientology they spent twelve million dollars on one guy you know just to keep one guy quiet about it. Interesting. Wow. Now if 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 I remember correctly from watching the Leah Remini series, um, at one point the Church of Scientology. Had had invaded or infiltrated the U.S. government. Oh, I think I. Yeah, I, I got a little bit. Yeah, I think I understood that. Yeah, they they had infiltrated the U.S. government back in the the seventies and eighties, and uh, Hubbard's wife got caught. So he he stayed free by I guess getting on a ship and driving around the world being unavailable to be served charging papers and his wife was indicted and sent to jail for a number of years she she actually and, uh, spent time in prison yes yes yeah yeah and, and then uh yeah there were several of them that got caught and they were taking out uh government documents by the yard it was just an amazing amount of information they had uh gathered from the u.s government and, and all of it was the intention was was to have blackmail information 
this, that story about the, you know, you talked about spraying in St. Louis, Scientology through their infiltration was to, able to find um, information about spraying in the Tampa Bay area of a specific type of bacteria. And they kind of use that as a, that as leverage to keep the, the government at bay. So people kind of wonder what, you know, seeing Leah Remini's show, they know that their leader, David Miscavige, has become physically violent with people. Several people have said that they have a policy of uh, disconnection where they cannot, if, you know, if, you know, someone were to speak up, you, you just would never be allowed to see your family again. Yeah. And then they also have, have a process called uh, auditing, which is kind of, you know, on one sense, it's, it's just therapy for Scientology, but in the other sense, they document all that information and they blackmail the individual members. So it's this amazing sort of uh, system of control they have to keep people silent and it's silent within Scientology but then they also use these, you know, use the threat of disconnection and the threat of blackmail on their individual members to get them to participate in these sort of infiltrations of the government, infiltration of Hollywood, you know, using their their clout and power within Hollywood to silence. Uh, it, at least initially, we saw with with uh, you know the the cases starting in two thousand, I guess it was five, where Tom Cruise was jumping on the couch on uh, the Oprah's interview through, I don't know, about five or six years, they were able to suppress some of these, these stories from becoming this stories of abuse within the church of Scientology from becoming uh, public knowledge. And I think it was about maybe 2012 or 13 where, you know, I think it was Paul Haggis and then Leah Remini and several of the more prominent ones, once they learned about the, the violence that was involved with keeping this quiet, uh, started to speak up. And then the, I think the rest of the public really, uh, learned about it when the going clear documentary came out and as well as the Lawrence Wright book, uh, going clear. Good deal. Nick used to date a Scientologist. I went out one time and I didn't know she was a Scientologist. How many Thank books you. did you buy? I didn't buy any books. I keep telling you that. I think you bought some books, David. I didn't No, I went, there was one time I didn't know she was a Scientologist. She said she was in marketing and when I picked her up and we were on our way to dinner, she told me that that was her side gig. And in reality, she was an ordained minister with the Church of Scientology here in St. Louis. Did she audit you, if you know what I mean? No, no. We had dinner, and I took her oh, home wow. and never talked to her again. So, Wait, wait. tell David where she was traveling. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we met on a Saturday night, and that following Wednesday, she was going down to visit her friend for a week down in Clearwater. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, she's probably taking one of their courses. That's mm-hmm. what I said. She went to Sea Org. Sea Org. Yep. It's very expensive. They Hundreds of thousands of dollars to get anywhere on that in their programs. Yep. She didn't look like she had that and much money. And that's kind of why they're guarding it. Well, that's why she didn't have that yeah, much money. Made, it's because she's spending it yeah, all on Scientology. They on credit cards. Oh, I gotcha. Wow. wow. So let's take a break here and mention the cigar. Now, again... Um, we're speaking with David, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this wrong. Voights. Say your last name Voights. for me, Voits. 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 Like John Voit, but Voits. That's right. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I'll never remember that. So <laughs> I'll just David, my friend David. So uh, you recommended this cigar to us. We're smoking a uh, Romeo a Julieta, and what is it again? It's the Romeo Churchill. Yeah, and it's a Churchill, but it's not a Churchill. It's a ginormous 60 ring gauge cigar. It's a fat Churchill. Yeah. That's okay. 
Yeah, but it's a good cigar. Are you enjoying it? I'm digging it. It's really more a you cigar than a me cigar. It's a little heavier than than uh, see. Like when I think of a Romeo Juliet, like it's it's usually a very light, you know, kind of smoking. But like this is not the Connecticut wrapper. This has got that Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, yeah. so it's a little bit more there. I will say with the Dominican filler and binder, I expect it to be a little lighter than it is, but it's not. No, it's it's, it's, it's uh, got some body yeah. to it, and I, I'm digging it. I'm liking it. It is a you little would. windy here, though. That's the only thing. Every once in a while, yeah, you'll I get have that little gust. But, you you know, know, if 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 he was too hot, he'd be complaining too. But now there's no, a nice breeze, so he's saying, upset. I'm just saying my burn line is not 100 percent straight. But that's I'm blaming the wind on that. Oh, okay. So. I thought you were whining about the nice cool breeze. Anyway, <laughs> so okay, so David, let me circle back here. We. And I know I, I, I follow you on Facebook and, you know, see some of the things that you talk about. And, you know, you've talked about, like, the, the naval yard shooting and different things that have, yes. you know, different mass yes. shootings and things that have gone on. And Las in, Vegas, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and in your mind, those are tied in with the targeted individual program somehow. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, okay. So they're just like, say, with the, uh, like, the, cath- the people who are, have been a- abused by the Catholic church or, uh, you know, the, the people that have been abused by Harvey Weinstein, there are support groups. So there are these people that are, they get together, they talk about, talk about these situations and they try to, you know, try to get the public to understand, but they don't, you know, this, they, they can't comprehend that this could be happening to so many people. And so, you know, of the, you know, 10, 20,000 people around the world that are being affected by this attack, a few of the people, they just, they, that's, and this is the whole point. They reach their psychological and emotional limit and they quit. And so they, they have gone on to commit some serious crimes in the hope that it will raise awareness of, the, of this crime and, and get the public to take notice. Now, while I was on that walk uh, where I met Gator, uh, they had the Baton Rouge shooting. And I, was, I had already been walking from Delaware. It had been about six weeks and that that shooting happened, and this guy, this this one of these, he was one of the victims, and he had uh, left like emails, YouTube videos, correspondence. Same thing with the Florida State University shooter. You know, he had left a. You know, he was that that guy was a lawyer. He had graduated from Florida State University. He had a degree in law from I believe it was like uh, Texas Tech. Was practicing law in Texas, and he got targeted just like the diplomats in. Havana and China were targeted and he went out, he went back to Florida. He didn't shoot anyone with the intention, but he did go into that library and shoot some people in the leg. And he left his laptop there with, you know, these three videos describing exactly what the people that the Havana sent him were trying to describe. And this is in 2016. It's hard to get. Yeah. yeah. It, that one was a couple of years earlier. I think okay. that one was maybe 2014. But the Baton Rouge was in 2016 while I was in the walk. And then just a few months later, I met Gator in, in St. Louis. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I had I had talked to like one of the guys had won a Pulitzer Prize. You know, one of the reporters, they want to come out and do the interview while I was on this walk. That wasn't Gator. And, uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But, you know, I, I kind of looked up the guy who's just, you know, it's like, you know, they're getting so they, they, the, the mainstream media knows this story. They, it's, they know it's identical to what the diplomats have been complaining about. But the problem is, is this, this stuff has been sourced from the federal arsenals. 
and they don't want that to come. They don't want to be blowback on FBI, CIA like there was. And it's just the result would be catastrophic. So this has been silenced. You know, you can't you're we're pretending like these people are all delusional. But if you look at that video that the Florida, you know, the, the lawyer who went and shot up Florida State University and you look at what the diplomat said on the 60 Minutes interview in February that you can look at right now, it's, it's about the same thing. It's just about the same type of attack. So, OK, so my follow up question to that is and I think you kind of stated this, but I want to clarify. So is the federal government or or whatever entity this is, whether, you know, it's it's, you know, yeah. some deep state thing or whatever it's it might tra- be. Like transnational oligarchs. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so the Pentabrinth. Or or or. Yeah. <laughs> OK, maybe not the Pentabrinth. I've seen that. I've seen that show. Because <laughs> Colonel Sanders at- was in that till he went tits up anyway. But no, my my yeah. question for you is, are they targeting these people to make them do these acts of violence or are these yes. acts of violence a yes, lash out because of it? Yes. Yes. It's it, 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 it's it, it, in a way it's like the in the 60s when, where they pretended there was no such thing as the American mafia. That we're, we're supposed to believe that there's no organized crime. And then later, when the first Rico cases start coming out. Okay, now we we know retroactively that you know these these cops did know about it. You know the the Hoover did know that there wasn't a, a form of organized uh, crime, and that, that they just couldn't penetrate and figure out how the structure of this works. So this is we've seen we've seen a little bit with the Weinstein case. We've seen with Scientology, this eBay executive case. It's outstanding. There's a, if you see the CBS uh, interview, it, it just goes step by step, almost exactly what uh, the the diplomats are complaining about, minus the the use of this this specific weapon system, but it it the intention is some of it's gun control, but in a way it's it's really about media clicks. It's it's about creating this sort of hysteria and getting one side of the the electorate to believe that you know we should outlaw guns, the other side of the electorate to you know want to protect the, the Second Amendment, and then everybody in the media kind of benefits because it blow it creates you know. Um, sort of a chaotic situation. And that that's where the, instead of, that's kind of where in, Intel has gone in the last couple of decades. They're more looking for the chaotic situation rather than specific outcomes. Okay, I find that really interesting because, like, I think we all can kind of agree that over the last, I don't know, I'd go so far as to say, I'll say, I'll say five to six years, I can make an argument has been going back a lot further but like things that you, everybody can tell that the country has become more and more polarized, more and more divided, more and more, you know, um, splintered and fragmented. And, you know, and it's coming down a lot of lines on political lines and various things like that. You know, orange man, bad Biden or, you know, let's go branded, you know, whatever side of the fence you happen to sit on. And. I just find it fascinating. So you're saying that some of that, that, that like polarization of the uh, society is like part of the end goal here is that they're doing this and like then using the media to create that. Yeah. So, so you got, you have to put yourself in in the mind of somebody that's, they're about to get caught. You know, it's, it's like the mafia where the, the first Rico case is coming out. They're going to act crazy. You know, the people that are, are on the hook for this, you know, they're now cornered. You 
you know, they, these things more and more, like we're on a show now, we can talk about this publicly. People know what the word gaslighting means. Before, you know, For sure. I, probably five years of that, five years ago, no, nobody had ever heard of that term. And, I, you know, from the victims groups, when they first started using using that word, it was like a, a shock, you know, it, for the first time, people thought, well, maybe maybe somebody's going to understand. You know, if the public knows what gaslighting means, you know, there's maybe there's hope that the public could could grasp these more complex co- concepts. And and so, yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. And then uh, I think another thing that is that uh, the steel dossier thing, you know, it's that was just it was just so, you know, you just look at that. It's so absurd. Just just on its face. How could that you know, how could the media latch latch onto that? It just it just does doesn't add up. You know why why would they go with that? So it's a, yeah, I would say it's definitely a, you know a circling of the wagons. Maybe they know that it's it's at some point this is going to break in the in the wider news. Interesting. Yeah. So all right, I'm trepidatious on this one. What are your thoughts on the January sixth, twenty twenty one? situation in washington like okay so does that play in at all or is that like just i'm I'm just random yeah i so i I would recommend people take a look at what russell brand has said about covid okay he he got the whole he he kind of got the whole thing there and so there are a lot of people that that just the the whole story about bats in the wuhan market and it came from a wet bar they don't it, they don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. You know, they, it just, it's, it's kind of like the PT tape, tape hoax. You know, they, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't add. I think they think that they're being lied to again. And then they had the, you know, you had riots all, in, all, all throughout the 2020 election season, all, all summer long. And, you know, people had been in lockdown. And so the, the January 6th is a boil over from that. So okay. you, you had people that, you know, it was, looks like Trump is cruising towards a reelection. You know, and then this this crazy pandemic happens with a bizarre story behind it, and then you know these these election these riots that just seem that, that don't quite add up. You know, it seems more like if that the same sort of thing had happened in uh, twenty fifteen or you know twenty nineteen that you would not have had the same reaction and lockdown because we didn't you know we didn't have when when I was uh, I forget the name of the two bird flus in 2006 or 2008. Yeah. Yeah, There were two of them and we did, we did not have the same type of uh, response, but you know, there was, there was a vaccination program in the military and there was some concern about it, but not, not to the extent that COVID. So I think the January 6th thing was the culmination of something has happened. We don't understand it. And you know, we, we want to get together and it was, you know, basically about a three hour riot. And then, some dummies decided to go in the Capitol. Yeah. But the reaction from the Democrat side is just has been, been this obsession where it was an obsession with Trump before. It's now an obsession with January 6th. It's almost like a sickness. It doesn't, sure. it doesn't quite make sense to me. Well, and, and I will say I was on the phone that day cause I was out working, delivering my newspapers and Nick and I were talking about this as it was going on. Cause he was delivering his papers. My friend, David, uh, other friend, David, that lives out in Wichita was calling me how are you not watching this? I'm like, I'm working, you know, like I'm listening to it on the radio. I'm listening to what's going down. And I'm thinking the whole time I'm like, Oh God, this is bad. God, this is bad. This is going to haunt us for years. Uh, as a conservative, I'm thinking that cause I'm thinking, yeah. you know, are these, are these really conservatives going in? And I'm not of the mindset that, Oh, this was some Antifa like conspiracy thing. 
I think people just got overzealous and got worked up into a froth, and you know the whole mob mentality came into play. Yeah, you get a mob of people is just it's just not not a good thing. You we've seen it with any time a sports team win. You know why are you going to burn down your your, your own neighborhood? You yeah, know, your, your your sports team has won. What you know what? Why would you do that? It makes yeah. no sense. Well, and I will say here in St. Louis, when the Blues won, I don't think there was any rioting at all. We were just happy yeah, that we had the Stanley it, Cup. Yeah, here in, here in Chicago, we had a couple when the Bulls had won in the nineties, where it was just like they torched, they went through and torched cars, tipped them over, and stuff. It's like you know, we don't. I don't know, why would you do that? You're, you're, you're a hometown. Doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Uh, yeah. Go to the competitor, burn their town down. No, I'm, <laughs> no I'm, that, that, wait that's a minute, a, that's a joke. <laughs> but well, yeah, exactly. Why would you set your own neighborhood on fire to celebrate? It's just so bass backwards. So okay, so we talk about that. We, you, you've done a lot and do a lot to get information out. What's the end game? What what can be done? Um, you know, as far as people get the knowledge, like like when when will this stop? Is this something we're just going to have to deal with? Is it is it just out there and it's it's part of life now? There is an end game. I I can tell people how to do it. It's terrifying. It almost you almost need like a, a, a docu series like a Leah Remini show or surviving R. Kelly. People like had to see R. Kelly go through the first 2008 trial, see the Chappelle, you see the making fun of him on the Chappelle show, and then see surviving R. Kelly for you know, pe- you know these super fans to finally get it. Like, no, this guy's sick. He needs to be you know, stopped. He's not gonna. He's never gonna stop himself. This is sort of the same thing. There are some elements here. Uh, specifically, you know, I, I, the PP take a hoax is part of this. There's also a uh, case down in Valdosta, Georgia, the 2013 Jim Matt murder is attached to this. Uh, there's a 2000, there's an Asiana Airlines one where they had the four racist pilot names. You know, both all those cases, this is that same type of group where they're doing uh, just bizarre things. And uh, it's, it, it's, I would call it the like histrionic where you're almost making a spectacle of yourself or like a megalomaniac where you want to uh, draw attention to what you can get away with on the, on the public stage and still not be caught. Um, so it's, it's going to take uh, some advertising of this. People are going to have, you know, you, you're, you constantly have to go through the, like the initial explanation with people for them to just be aware of it. And then, you know, people, some people will react in, you know, like a fight, flight, freeze. They'll freeze up and they can't handle it. Some people will look into it a little bit more. But just like with any type of advertising, they say you have to, you know, in order to get anyone to take action, you have to advertise to them like six times before they're going to click through. Yep. So that this is that, that sort of thing. So you have to know about the Harvey Weinstein case. You have to know about the Scientology cases. You have to hear about the... Havana syndrome. There are people that still have no idea that this Havana syndrome thing has been a huge, you know, international story for uh, over four years now. And it just has to, you kind of have to get a critical mass among the, the population of people who are looking into this. And they get people like me that, you know, I have a, you know, as a military background, I have a understanding of this, you know, putting this information out there. And then you get one of these um, doc film groups uh, that can, get to the bottom of this and, and, and get it to, get it to the public in a way that's digestible to them. 
the other the other thing is there's uh, reward money for this. So there's that uh, Valdos, the case of Valdos in Georgia, there is a half a million dollar reward for information that can lead to a conviction in that case. And it, it something like that will point towards this this topic where if they find out the people who, who committed that crime, it will lead right into the, the same group of people who are doing this uh, targeting with the Havana syndrome weapons and then the stalking and harassment of individuals for discrediting purposes. And I'm sorry, real quick, the, Val, just, well, the Valdosta, Georgia case, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not familiar with that either. Are you familiar with it? No, no, I, I was going to say, it, I, I may have missed yeah. something here. So, Okay, so in, in 2016, there was a, a teenager who supposedly slipped while putting you know, reaching for a gym shoe slipped into a, a gym mat and died of positional asphyxia. When they, they presented the, 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 uh, the, the story, his, uh, all, like all of the videotape from that case is, was missing. So all of the, the, the video of him going into the, this one specific part of the, the gym, it, mysteriously, all of those, those, those videos are missing. Then after he, Married, removed his organs. This is an African American child, and replaced them with newspapers from Black Friday, which is kind of racist. So the story, you know, you ha- it, it. First of all, it's impossible for the child to fit in. You know, to fit. In, you know, you can't even hardly fit uh, shoes into a wrestling mat. How could a child fit into a wrestling mat? And then the newspaper thing doesn't add up. They had uh, like CNN. You know, they had Don Lemon. You know, looking at the videos that the coroner was showing him this is where you know th- his organs were replaced with these newspapers that he was showing him these uh these videos and it, it had been a national news story uh the mother has been on facebook for years trying to get information about this so it's one of those things it's where it's like the you know the american mafia they do all kinds of crazy things and we didn't hear about most of it until the rico cases came in this is the same thing you you'll get a rico case in in uh with the people who perpetrate this crime, and we're going to hear all you know all kinds of weird stories that are attached to uh, this group because they, they've been able to use the national security state to sort of conceal uh, how they how they function. You know, if they have a security clearance, um, they can kind of get away with what they're doing. Nobody can really look into them because they're all compartmentalized. Okay, so I want to circle back to an incident that you talked about earlier. Um, you mentioned the uh, shooting out in Las Vegas, and yes. you know that's one of those that I've I've followed at Mandalay Bay, if I'm not mistaken. That's where it took place, correct? Yeah, it's it's it almost entirely on one one political party too. Is a like the Route 96 Harvest Festival. Yeah, and it it, it was it basically targeted a country music festival. Yeah, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. So, that's right. It was an astonishing number of people that were shot. So with that. This in this individual, at least the narrative that's out there, busted out the windows on either side of his uh, room that he was in. I forget what floor it was on, but busted yeah. out basically two nests to shoot from and just laid down suppressing fire on this crowd just randomly. It, hundreds. Yes. Yeah, hundreds of people that were injured. And, and, and if I remember correctly, like the video from the hotel is all. Like was not functioning. I mean, there were a lot of yes. a lot of weird things around this. They so, just don't quite add up. Yeah. So, 
if you and if people remember this, this story was out, and then all of a sudden it just went radio silent. So, what are your thoughts on that? It's part of this. It's yeah. That, that one we had the the least amount of information from. That he we got one little blurb where he said his girlfriend said said that he would lie in bed complaining of of some sort of abuse, and she didn't understand it. Well, if if you if you've been attacked, you know, with with this weapon system that that the you know diplomats have been attacked with. You instantly know that okay, that's you know that's that's what this this person is describing, and but yeah, the fact that it went completely silent, and then when when the public officials were asked about it, you know they were very uh, guarded and you know didn't have a lot of a follow. You would think that there would be tremendous interest in uh, an attack that killed I don't know what it was two hundred and sixty some people, you know, and this this one guy and, and yeah, it's it dropped off the the dropped out of the news within maybe a year and we didn't get any information. You know, why, why is that? It doesn't quite add up. Another one is the Navy yard shooting. Yeah. That was kind of one of the first ones that, uh, you know, the, the, where somebody was complaining about this sort of thing. And then he, he had also left email messages that were, that reporters were able to get their hands on and uh, publish. Interesting. Well, the you know and i guess that that's my question to the to the public and i think in in most of the media these cases are considered to be random your belief is they're not random at all that they're all part of some deep state or like you said some big giant conspiracy correct um i, I would you know not uh, it's more kind of like a a, a I, I, the mafia example would be better. You know, this is this is a group of people that are aligned. They have access to the same sort of private intel firms that will target people, and there sometimes it's for a specific outcome. So yeah, w- without a doubt, when you, you've got e- each one of these people, you know, they're showing up at a support group. They're on on Facebook, you know, trying to learn. You know, it, you know, if this sort of thing happens to you, you know. It, it, it takes time for p- people to figure it out. And then it, once, once you learn that it's, it's the same story, you know, everybody who has been targeted by Scientology, it's the same source, the same sort of story. It ends with, you know, the pets being poisoned. You know, it, it's not, it, it's kind of hard to say that, you know, that's, it's not a common, you know, everybody that, that has been uh, attacked was, you know, a former member of Scientology or criticized Scientology. This, this is kind of the same sort of thing. They, you know, have a pretty common um, experience. So what what puts a person out there to be a targeted individual? What what have they done or are they just wrong place at the wrong time? What what causes them to be a target? It, it, again, anytime if that's the question of why, it's like well why did the East German Stasi target people? Some sometimes it was, you know, just because they're they're criticizing the wrong person. They're speaking out against the government. Sometimes, you know, it's just they just don't like, you know, or is a you, a woman who rebuffed a, a man's advances or, you know, somebody it's a, could be a bitter divorce or it's just uh, so maybe they're a little bit annoying. It, it could be any number of reasons or or somebody that's on to uh, a crime, you know, that they're uh, exposing a crime and the, the connected people don't want the public to learn about it because it messes with somebody's money or it messes with their their political power. And you know, I will say this: you know, it could be any no- it could be any number of reasons, or sometimes no reason at all. You know, it's 
you're, you're dealing with, uh, you know, when you're dealing with criminals, some of these people, the re- their reasons won't make sense to a, a normal person. And, you know, I, I've ran into this on a, a small extent with my newspaper where I've done a story about someone, um, you know, being accused of a crime and then later, you know, being convicted of that crime. And when we do our initial story, you know, we, we as a rule, put out all the details that we can get. And we've done that where we've put out details, uh, you know, of someone's crime that they were alleged to have commit. And I've actually had people in my town run around trying to get us boycotted for yeah. doing yeah. these stories. And, you know, I had I had people all over social media attacking us. And I mean, yeah. you know, that that's all a tempest in a teapot. But it's still, it, you know, people remember, oh, the paper did something bad. Well, no, we didn't. We reported on a crime yeah. that the person was later convicted of. If they had not been convicted, we would have reported that as well. So that's a situation. Yeah, it remi- reminds me that. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, you know, it's a situation where it's a kill the messenger kind of a thing. And I think there's probably some yeah. of that going on that, that with was the things. Book. Yeah, yeah, the things you're alleging are, are happening on a on a bigger scale, like what I kind of contended or with. Kill, that one was. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm reminded of the the Amy Robot case where they had she had had the Harvey Weinstein the entire Harvey Weinstein or not Harvey Weinstein the Jeffrey Epstein you know the 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 guy who had the island uh, she had the entire story. And, you know, they caught her on like a hot mic, you know, talking about, oh, I had the, you know, I had the entire story. We, we were ready to roll. And then they ki- they killed the story, uh, you know, because the guy's politically connected. All of these wealthy people know him. And then later later on, I can't remember who it was that, that finally broke the story uh, on the Epstein case. You're right. They had that years before and she had her story buttoned up. Yeah. And her, I forget which publication it was, was it? New York Magazine or the New Yorker or whatever magazine she was working yeah. for at the time. Um, yeah, put the kibosh on it and shut down the story. Hmm. And, you know, now flash forward, you have the situation where, you know, <laughs> Epstein killed himself. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a believer of that either. And, uh, you know, I'll admit that freely. But, you know, all the all the video from the jail that night just happened not to be working. It, it's funny how these things kind of all just tie in. It, it seems like kind of the same MO. And, you know, in that case, there were a lot of connected people, whether, you know, that, that were at least associated with Jeffrey Epstein, whether it be the Clintons or even Donald Trump or other people. There were a lot of really high-profile people that were connected with that. And, you know, even with the Guion Maxwell, you know, case that subsequently came out of that, not much of that information has been made public. And the, and the person who prosecuted that was Jim Comey's daughter, it, which was just bizarre. You'd think she would have recused herself and let someone else take that case. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Interesting. Very. So what... If there's somebody in our audience, and and God forbid that they they feel like they're a targeted individual or these things are happening to them, what's their recourse? What can they do? You know, who can they reach out to um, to to get information or to share information about this? Okay, so if you if you are targeted, especially with this you know this Havana syndrome, it's it's a dark place because. Uh, First of all, you've got questions yourself. You don't fully understand it. 
And uh, you know, like if we saw in the Rose McGowan case, you get you get one or two people that are uh, stalking you, or or the eBay case, one or two, and then, and then you're going to think that everybody's involved. So it's, it's like a kind of a justified paranoia. But the the number one thing is education. You you have got to watch uh, Leah Remini's uh, Scientology in the the aftermath. That kind of gets you a, a little bit. Then you have also got to watch. Um, Professor James Giardano's lecture, The Brain is the Battlefield of the Future, he gave that at West Point. He pretty much gives away the entire thing. He, he explains it from the soup to nuts explanation of this program, you know, with, you know, and just lays it out there, says it's, you know, 100%, uh, you know, th- these are deployed technologies. If you can get somebody that they have that um, background and then they find some of the groups online where they can find a, a friend or something, oh, Basically, this this entire scheme uh, unravels if you can get uh, get somebody just a you know a, a good friendly uh, voice on the other end of a, a phone call. The only reason this really works is because there's you can isolate the person. If you can keep the person isolated, then you can get them to go out and maybe do some sort of or do something stupid where they get themselves locked up in a jail or, or thrown in a psych ward, that sort of thing. Um, but the biggest thing is you, you've got you've got to get some solid education and then you know reach out to some of the community and do the do the initial work that people do when they're trying to to get their hands around what the heck is going on. Oh, and, the, and then of course the uh, you know like the sixty minutes lecture, uh, not sixty minutes lecture, but the sixty minute story that that they published you know frequently. It seems like about every six months they're revisiting this story. Yeah, you know, if you can get the point like okay, I wasn't crazy. No, this is really a thing that does happen to people. The, you know, and it's possible that the people around me are gaslighting. If you get somebody in that situation, it takes them out of the uh, the fight or flight uh, response, where they're not under. You know, they're still paranoid, but they're not you know fight or flight paranoid, and um, that's kind of the the first steps. But this is going to be a long fight. You know, there there's still people. If you you tell this this to them for year, you know, for the next couple of years, they're, they're just not going to believe it. There's no frame of reference for, for this type of thing. It, it's new. Um, and I do think there is an end game. Once Elon Musk's Neuralink product comes to market, you know, once people can uh, purchase that, they're like, Oh yeah, I, I could understand how this could possibly be used as a weapon. And if not, you know, the, the people who are in the Intel communities would be negligent almost if they didn't had already looked into this technology to, either defend or have some sort of offensive capability. And and for people in our audience that may not be as up to speed on that, you know, I'm not necessarily either. And I'm, I'm guessing Nick isn't either. So what is the Neuralink technology you're talking about from Elon Musk? Okay. Okay. So Elon Musk has a company called Neuralink. And what this uh, company is going to do is they're going to do, create a physical human machine interface technology that will allow you to directly connect your mind to a smartphone. This is already something that's possible wirelessly, but this is going to be rolled out through Elon Musk's company as a, you know, e- either something that you can maybe put as, I don't know, a hat or like the VR goggles. You see that uh, the Oculus Rift that um, Meta Facebook is using. Yeah. And so as this comes to market where people can get the, uh, the thought to text technology that you can go on uh, the internet, search Jack Gallant, University of California at Berkeley, FMRI mind reading. You could see that right now once that becomes miniaturized and into something like the Oculus Rift or this Neuralink company, 
that uh, Elon Musk is running, then they're going to, that a whole world is going to open to the rest of the public. They're going to realize, well, what, you know, what happens if this becomes a weapon? And then you know, all the people that, you know, like have been raising their hands said, yeah, this is, you know, look at the Navy art shooter, look at the Florida State University shooter, Baton Rouge shooter. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, these people have been having rallies, uh, you know, trying to describe what has been done to them. And a few of them, you know, have even gotten convictions for the stalking half of, of this, this crime. You know, at, at that point, the public, it will kind of naturally progress to the, the public uh, consciousness that this, this sort of thing is, is, you know, this is where we're going. You know, it's, your, your smartphone isn't going to be in your pocket for forever. At some point, it's going to become integrated with your person, you know, the way, a, you know, like a, a pacemaker or a glucose pump or a you know titanium titanium hip is is integrated with the person and it'll be you know pretty painless and uh, become a part of routine way we we go about running our day. What could go wrong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, do you have a website where people can find out more information about you and maybe some of the topics? I assume you have like links and stuff. Or I, I don't. I, I stop. I stopped doing that right now. I'm, I'm doing uh, day trading, and I'm trying to oh, raise well, money okay. for a uh, for a, a reward, like the the sheriff is doing it in uh, for the Valdosta, Georgia case. Um, I I do have a website. I haven't I haven't worked on that website uh, in a while. I've been day trading full time for a couple years, trying to raise capital for this. Don't get your day so, trading tips be... from Gator. No, by the way, no, yep. <laughs> he's very bad at it. I, I was very good at it, and then the You put crypto, everything into Dogecoin. Then crypto took a crap, and now He I'm invested screwed. everything into a dog-based crypto I coin. I did not invest everything. <laughs> More than I should have, but not everything. So, um, now you do, you do, if I'm not mistaken, have a, uh, you have a targeted individual awareness page on Facebook. Is that correct? You know, like I, I said, that was for the uh, like the 2016 walk. I it, I just kind of archive it there. Some of the you know, I'll get some correspondence from some of the people, uh, but I don't actively do as much of the uh, public outreach these days. My focus has been learn everything I can about day trading because that's something I can leverage up. Yeah, and then like what you guys do, I I I just I'm just going to buy advertising if I can get you know five or ten million dollars together to do advertising. You know, the first little bit that I put out there, then the rest of the community, because there are thousands of people uh, th- that have been affected like this. Like, guys, you know what? Each of you throw in a hundred, you know, a hundred bucks. You can buy a whole lot of advertising about this. You get somebody to these, um, you know, stories that we've talked about here today that have been national news. They're, they're put out in cr- from credible organizations. You get people this information and it's going to it's the quickest way to get this thing stopped. Well, and I think one of the things that – so you were talking earlier about how you need like six touches to get somebody's attention. And I think one of the yep. one of the issues that I see in that with you is that you're bringing up a lot of different like events. And yes. the way the media portrays these events is separate individual events. One-offs. You know? Yeah. And the, they don't – They don't, they don't they tie don't them together. It. Well, now, now they did after the uh, that in 2016 after the Baton Rouge shooting, CNN did put the pieces together. They put you know they they did do a, an entire piece how all of these people had claimed to be a targeted individual 
describing, you know, uh, same sort of symptoms. And then once the Havana syndrome case, you know, came out, you know, that you, you didn't see it. They have not put, they have not put those two things together, that, that, that story that CNN and that story that the uh, Kansas city star and the you know story, I think there was another one, the LA times did it put, put those pieces together. They had just have not merged that with the concepts that are in uh, the cases on the, the Havana syndrome. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, it, you, you've got to get these two pieces put together, like you say. I gotcha. And uh, there's just just some, just some work to get people to understand. Okay, read this and then read this. It's the same thing. Interesting. All right, there you go. Well, David, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us today. This has actually been really interesting. Yep. I told you it would be. I knew it yeah, would be interesting, <laughs> but like you know, he was he was just scared shitless. Here's the problem: I had <laughs> I had Gator explain. It is, it is. Yes, that I get that. Yeah, well, some people do get scared of this. And I had Gator explaining it to me. And let's be real; he's not the advocate you want out there, <laughs> you know, for you and your cause. Here, it's like he he, he tends to. I'm like minded in some ways, yes, <laughs> but not as eloquent. <laughs> oh, not nearly. <laughs> anyway. Well, seriously, David, thank you so much for taking some time out and a uh, good cigar recommendation. I'm really digging the. It, uh, it's kicking my ass. It's 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 a much heavier. I, I have to eat. It's a much heavier Romeo than I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see you putting this into your rotation. I don't. Yeah, I like it. So so real quick, since we got you and we're a uh, you know cigar show, so uh, this is your cigar of choice, the Romeo uh, Churchill here. That's, yeah. That- that's my go-to. They had uh, they discontinued another one I was smoking. It was a Vault, uh, Taranio Vault mm. A007. It was the, the silver wrapper, and they, they stopped making those. So this that one that you guys are smoking became the, the, my go-to. So when did you get into cigars? I start, I guess somewhere in the – probably when I was in Annapolis, so around 2000 to 2005. Okay. We, we'd go out every Friday night, Saturday night, get a cigar, sit by the uh, marina there. And uh, that's kind of where, where I got into it. Gotcha. Well, very cool. And you take time out now to uh, enjoy one periodically? I try to at least once a week. There you go. Perfect. We, you, those are rookie numbers. you got to work on those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. Okay. But no, you're hey, you're a brother of the leaf. So. Exactly. Good deal. Well, dude, thank you again. And I really do appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come on with yeah. us. Yeah, super nice. And yeah, like I said, I, I, I follow you on Facebook and, you know, may not comment or, or, or talk on every post, but I, I definitely do follow what yeah. you're putting out there. It's hard. It's a tough topic. I did just think of something. And it's something Uh-oh. that, that Gator brought up to me. Oh, God. That I did, that I, 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 for whatever reason, it didn't come up and I wanted to bring it up. He mentioned something about Tina Fey. Yes. Yes. Do you want to get into okay, that? So- it, that's that's an entire uh, <laughs> uh, there, that's an, you know you could do an entire show on that and that will solve this this entire issue. Okay. So I uh, there the if you've seen the eBay case, that is just a perfect microcosm of my approach to this topic. In the eBay case, um, it was about comments that people had made uh, on the internet. So what, what I, I tried to do, I tried to attract one of these targeting schemes. So I, that doesn't seem comments. like a smart strategy, by the way. 
But anyway, I, well, I was a you know I was a military officer, so it's, <laughs> I knew that this was something wrong happening, and I was I, I didn't have all the information, and in fact, I had. That's how I got put onto this. Another military officer had said that some of our guys were taking jobs where they took control of people inside their own homes. And I, I didn't know what that meant. And uh, later on, I realized it's this targeting thing. It's where, where people, it's like a narcissist. If you criticize them, they will destroy you. you know? and, the, and people in these situations have resources. So NBC, turn, it turns out NBC... Um, if you were to criticize Saturday Night Live in the comments section on Hulu, they had this scheme going, you know, just like Harvey Weinstein. You know, if you were to comment about Harvey Weinstein or you were to comment about Scientology, NBC had the same sort of thing. And I was actually looking at her because she wrote that uh, movie Mean Girls. Yeah. Which to me, it just seemed like, you know, it's like, well, some of this does seem kind of like uh, uh, psychological warfare. It's like a teenage sociopaths almost. And uh, there, there are a couple of things just in that movie. It's like, wow, this is, you know, they're, they're messing with like people, you feeding people stuff that will make them gain weight. And you know, it's just all this, you know, psychological manipulation. And so I had made a, a comment or two on there and then it showed up in the show 30 Rock. Um, it, it, specifically in the show Plan B, I had suggested a twofer make a comment about medical nanotechnology and they used it. It was just bizarre. And so it, for me, it became, I was like, I don't, I don't think, you know, this seems like kind of a threat, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm writing this stuff here on the Hulu page and then she's using it on the, um, you know, in the show, there is an episode of the show King of the Hill titled Peggy's Fanfare that covers this top, you know, that is an almost perfect uh, parallel of this where Peggy submits an unsolicited uh, song idea to the uh, country music singer, Randy Travis. Okay. And then everybody's, nobody believes Peggy when that, when she says that she has sent this, this uh, country music song into Randy Travis. And then later they, they do realize that, you know, she had sent it because Randy Travis used a story that, so I kind of when I looked at that, I was like, you know, I think that's probably something that happens uh, pretty often, uh, you know, with or maybe it's like, a, you know, it has happened often enough where somebody has taken information. So for me, it became a, that was my angle. I, I, I write movie ideas. I write uh, suggestions to, you know, it's like basically, you know, fan feedback. You know, what what's the fan, you know, the fan fiction? What would you like to see a in a TV show as a movie? And it became an entire thing, you know, and it, I was able to get quite a few uh, suggestions um, used uh, in this manner. And that was kind of my approach to it. So that, that that's an almost you could do an hour and a half on, on just that topic alone. But it, it turns out it's it's a real thing where you can, you know, you can, you know, these companies, they, they look at the, the thing just like eBay looks at, you know, those, there are people at eBay that were looking at the comments about eBay. You know, all of these corporations have, you know, in the, you know, in starting in the 2000s, we're looking at what people were saying about them online. It's just kind of a brand uh, management function. And But some of them, you know, the egotistical ones will take action if you say something that they don't like. Gotcha. Interesting. All right. No, Jeff had just mentioned the uh, Tina Fey yeah. angle, and I just wanted to circle up on that. So, yep. All right. 
Well, David, seriously, man, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. Thanks, man. You too. Well, that was really interesting. I told you it would be. I liked that. It's a good cat. No, that was good. Well, we still have a little bit of business that we need to get into in the show. But before we do, why don't we uh, circle up on the uh, Romeo Churchill by Romeo He Julieta here. I I have been digging this cigar. I'm down to the final third, finalthirdcigar.com. And um, had to give a shout out to Brock there. Well, yeah, our I man mean, Broccoli Rob. He wants to sponsor the Final Third. So Go it's Brock! Like, you know, we're gonna shout the FinalThirdCigar.com at the Final Third. Do we have a Final Third cigar? We review? do, and I'm gonna get into that. But we're gonna talk oh. about the cigar for a minute, then we'll get into that. And oh, then we okay. still have the United Cigars. One must go. That's right. One must go. Yeah. So anyway, thoughts on the cigar? It's this. This is a strong cigar. It's gotten very heavy. I will admit, this is and, my ass. and given the fact that you and I have not eaten no. yet because schedule wise, it didn't work out for us to have food. And I'm not going to be able to eat here. I'm going to have this. to grab something on the road because I have to get to work. So, oh well, I am going to eat here. Ooh. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's got a lot of power to it. I mean, I'll admit when I saw that it was Dominican binder and filler, I kind of thought that this was going to be a fairly light cigar. Have you, have you tried a um, retrohale? I have tried a retrohale. There's a lot of spice on the retrohale. This is going to kill me. There's not... Um, it, it doesn't, like, slit my throat. I mean, I wasn't coughing or hacking up anything, but, like, there's a lot of, like, heavy spice to the retrohale. My eyes water. Um, the actual yeah. smoking experience itself, kind of a earthy, uh, spicy, earthy kind of component yeah. to it. But... Um, it's good. I mean, I'm digging it a lot. I just, it's not one that, admittedly, I could start my day and... Like we just did. Yeah, start yeah. my day with nothing on the stomach to, to do. Woo. And So, yeah, this is definitely kind of kind of kicking the ass a little bit. So, yeah. why don't we go ahead and... This is not for the beginners out there in the audience. Not for the beginners. No. no, 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 no. Yeah, work up to this one. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump into the uh, final third Friday... Uh, review and pairing, and then we'll come back and do the United Cigars One Must Go. Okay, then. It's time for Final Third Friday with my man, Broccoli Rob. All right, welcome back to Final Third Friday. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. And today we are going to be pairing the Foundation Tabernacle Robusto. And uh, we're pairing that with Joseph Magnus. This is their standard silver label. It's a straight bourbon finished in cognac and sherry cask. It's sitting at 100 proof. Yeah, so this cigar is made up of a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper with a Mexican binder and Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. A deep, dark, rich cigar, medium to full, leaning towards the full side. Um, the, the flavor notes off the cold draw. We were getting chocolate, hay, and brazen. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Um, and uh, honestly, what was kind of wild about this one was it was more raisin and and hay on the actual cold draw, but just by putting it on your lips, on the lips and just the tongue, you were getting the chocolate, which is kind of kind of cool. I liked it a lot. Absolutely. Then right upon light up, that first puff and retrohale was just like a nice little spice bomb. Yeah, so you get a lot of spice on the retrohale. But on uh, on the palate, you're getting more of those chocolatey notes and kind of a graham crackeriness. Rob had yeah. likened it to. <laughs> I, you might as well I'll tell the story at this point. I'm not going to tell the whole story. Okay. But, you know, actually, I've had someone make something that had um, cocoa puffs in it, and they actually roasted the cocoa puffs. Yeah. And then put marshmallow in, making little squares, and it's like almost like 
over toasted um, cocoa puffs with a little marshmallow. Yeah. And it's, I mean, in a really good way, not like burnt, just over roasted. Really nice. Really Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. And uh, paired with the Joseph Magnus, it pulls out a lot of those vanilla notes, a little bit of that red fruit, but it ends up being more like a uh, chocolate graham cracker with marshmallow on it. It's not full-blown s'mores because it, it doesn't have that rich chocolate note. It's more that dry chocolate note yeah. that you get in the chocolate-flavored graham crackers. Yeah, like a, almost like a baker's chocolate with not as much sweetness for yeah. sure. Yeah, we're, we're right now getting into the second third. Um, the, the strength level ticks up a bit. The uh, spice, you get a little bit more of the red and black pepper on the retrohale. Yeah. Um, with the whiskey, you know, going from the cigar to the whiskey, you're getting a lot more of the sherry notes, the sweeter fruits coming out. Yeah. Still getting the cognac, but the sweeter fruit. Um, this is actually sitting right at 100 proof. And uh, we were talking earlier, it's actually a really good, this is one of those bottles you can put on the table and everyone can enjoy. The, the bourbon lover or the whiskey lover is going to enjoy it straight up, neat in a glass. Someone that might be a little newer to whiskey or likes lower proof stuff can throw a single cube or a little bit of water in it, and it's going to open up even nicer for them. Um, but it's actually one that will fit everyone's palate if you're a whiskey fan. Absolutely. It is a stellar pour, and uh, with this pairing, it's bringing out a lot of those marshmallowy notes in combination with the cigar which is just a fantastic uh fantastic complimentary pairing on this one if you want to come in and try this pairing um the regular price of this pairing is around 35 bucks um but you're going to be getting that discount of another 354 dollars off whatever that comes up to um so you can actually try this for 31 32 bucks for the yeah. for the combo it's not a cheap pairing but it's definitely a really good pairing. Yeah. Again, we're smoking the Robusto. And this we'll still do this with the Toro. Just be a couple bucks more. This Robusto is one of the slowest smoking Robustos I've had in a long time. Yeah, this is one we've been saying this this whole time. You can't over don't over smoke this cigar. It's definitely one you need to learn to smoke because you got to slow down, let it sit, and let that smoke billow. Because I've already let it go out accidentally. My my own fault just because we got to talking um, but it's definitely a slow burner and once you get into the you know towards that final third the the levels of the cigar kick up even more you're mm -hmm. definitely into that full body range full strength range. yeah more um, of that chocolate note and definitely red pepper on exactly the yeah i mean you still get the grant the dark graham crackery notes that's one thing with this cigar it stays pretty true throughout you're getting all the similar notes and just kind of vary in strength levels and and the body levels all the way through um, you're going to get at some points you're going to be getting more of the fruit notes out of the whiskey some points you're going to get some more of the cognac yeah and if you go from whiskey to cigar it cuts down on the sweetness and brings out more of the actual cognac notes absolutely so yeah so that's it for today um, again, we're doing the Tabernacle from Foundation with the Joseph Magnus regular silver label. Yeah. Um, if you want to come in and try it out, we'll have it all week. Absolutely. All right. Again, I'm Rob here at Final Third Cigar. You can follow me on Instagram at Final Third Cigar or on our website, FinalThirdCigar.com. I'm starting to do more pairings, or not pairings, but reviews of yeah. cigars on there again. So if you're checking, want to check out some of the newer cigars, I'm going to be up posting those here as we go as well. Yeah, and I'm Isaiah. You can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Pastor. All right, thanks a lot, guys, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. 
Well, that's that's broccoli. That, that was broccoli. That was yeah, broccoli and Isaiah there. So yeah. anyway, well, thanks guys. We uh, appreciate. That. Do we? Yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate okay, that. Okay, we appreciate it. We appreciate that. So why don't we go ahead and jump into the United Cigars One Must Go. We all need to live united, but one must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza, and Terranova, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. Gonna get pinky to re-record that here soon. Just one of those things that I just need to do. One of those things? Yeah. One of those things. Just one of those things. So, All right, Jeff, we're going to do a One Must Go. It's going to be a topical one. Okay. So, One Must Go. We're so crowded, by the way. Well, it's because we were on the camera. Yeah. It's been really bothersome to me. Not really all that close to you but anyway yeah we're so tu- our um, arms are touching and they are not our legs are not touching arms, arms. arms barely only when you'd like do something like that anyway so okay one must go there i'll lean in dear god all right do you want to end rape and <laughs> you're hot get the hell off me god you're like a fucking furnace you guys um, heard it he t- said i'm hot that's not what i meant anyway oh um, all right, Nick, I like you, but not like that. End racism. Okay. End poverty. Okay. End hunger or end pollution. We're getting rid of one of those? You're getting, you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're keeping one of those four things. You're getting rid of the other three, but you're keeping one of the four. So what are you keeping? Are no, you wait. Ke- are you keeping racism, poverty, hunger, or pollution? No, okay. Say that again. I, no, I, I never get these. One must go. That's you, ending them. So we want to end of, three. All, all four are gonna are on the table to be ended. Okay? So we're ending one or we're ending three? We're ending three. Okay. We're keeping one. Okay. So, I never get this. So which one are you keeping? Are you keeping racism, poverty, hunger, or pollution? Oh, my God. Right? Well, you can't keep racism. No. No. You can't keep pollution I contend because we're that, destroying the planet. I contend that, to be honest, human beings are not inherently racist. That when you're born... No, no, no. Listen, hear no, me No, no, no. I agree with you when on this. When you're born, you have no concept of race None. and racism and everything like that. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned yeah. behavior. And it's a fucked up, horrible learned behavior yeah. that we really do need to find a way to end in this country. The problem is you have generational racism. And then continues down the line, and so uh, until you're until you find a way to end that, I don't know how that's actually ended. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, in this case, we're ma- waving a magic wand and we're ending three of these four things. Okay. So what are we ending? We've got to end pollution. Or what are we not ending? I guess pollution I is say. destroying the planet. True. You know, and I mean, just look at the giant plastic island floating around out in the Pacific. So okay, so so far you're advocating that we end. Look at the runoff. racism and pollution. Look at the the poisonous runoff from all the chemicals we put on our fields that are that is just pooling down in making a dead zone in the Gulf. I don't disagree of Mexico. So then, are we ending poverty or hunger? Because the one that we don't choose is the one that must go. Dear God! So what's the one we're keeping? Poverty or hunger? 
I, I think those are in some ways intertwined. I'm 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 gonna say that we don't end or we keep poverty. And the reason I think it's the least of the four bad choices to end or to not end. This is a Kobayashi Maru. It is admittedly. Like there's no good answer here. But I do think that by getting rid of hunger, you at least eliminate one massive problem that people living in poverty deal with. You know? True. Whereas And a good way to end hunger is to grow your own food. And I and and look, in terms of poverty, there's all sorts of different levels of poverty. You can be poor but still have a roof over your head. You know, you, you know, you're living under your, you there, know. there are people in this country. I mean, and I'm going to sound judgy here for a second. There are people in this country that would be considered impoverished, but they they're using like smartphones and like our 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 idea of impoverished here in the oh, in America is different than the rest of Let's the world's be real. idea. Theoretically, <clears throat> if we were to look at the what is considered the poverty line in this country. I might fall under the poverty line of this country based I'm upon the money that sure I, make, I might now too. make from my newspaper yeah. and everything. I mean, that's the thing. You and I may technically both be, on paper, government qualified as impoverished. True. Are we impoverished? I, I, I have, say no. I have had money in my pocket, and I've had times like right now where I don't have money in my pocket. And I'll tell you, I did having you. money is that's true. You did. I did. Get I paid. want that for the record. I want that for the record for everybody to see and hear. I paid him. And he got it, and he just admitted it. It broke down to less than $2 an episode, but that's okay. It was something. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's more than I've gotten out of it, so, you know, piss off. But, anyway. But that being said. Um, I told you, when we get another sponsor. I would have to agree with you. get paid, and we got United Cigars, and you got paid. God so, love them. You know, I love well, you, you United. Go. Anyway. So, no, it. Uh, I, th- I think you're right. I think that's the only way to go. Because here's the other thing. If we're talking about poverty, you know, like I said, there's different levels of it. And then in turn, you know, they don't have to worry about food because we have ended hunger. So at least that is off the table as a concern. So now at this point, you know, if you're talking about somebody who's homeless, you know my theory on that. If you're homeless, I don't understand why you're living somewhere with four seasons. Yeah, go to Florida. It makes no sense at all. Go to the Keys, Go man. to Go someplace warm. Live someplace where it's warm all year long. Then you don't have to worry about freezing in the winter. That's all I'm saying. And the government takes you out when there's hurricanes. Coming. I will say, you know, talking about this. I'm sure all our Key West listeners are thinking like, wait, the, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. That's where we're headed when, when we oh, yeah. burn. Yeah. We're going to the Keys, oh, man. If I lose everything. Because again, the hurricane make, comes, the government comes and takes you I'm out. I'm making my way to the Keys if I lose everything. It's just. My that's my plan. That's so. that's our fallback. That, that's our plan B. It is. It's it totally is. So so I'm I'm just gonna go down and pick coconuts and sell them on the beach. So anyway, it's my goal. So poverty. Now, now here's the thing about poverty. Okay. Oh boy, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy cigars. Just wanted to throw that out there. The one must go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United we smoke. Okay. I don't. I yeah. Okay. Well, coming up soon, we're going to have uh, our our folks over at My Monthly Cigars are going to be sending us out the September box. Yeah, the September box should be arriving sometime soon. And what and, is My Monthly uh, Cigars? Hey, well, okay, we'll just do that. This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. 
Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. And the thing about My Monthly Cigars is, again, use that offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T. Indeed. And it is going to get you a discount. Well, I, I think it's the free shipping on your first box. If free you shipping sign on up. the first box or 20% off any of the items in the Why wouldn't store. you use it? And you can get the fucking good coffee over there. It's true. And uh, daily the press. Daily Press. Exactly. exactly. That's our blend. And then, guys, uh, if you are signed up for Nick's email list, he does have a newsletter that's going to be premiering. I think it's supposed to be premiering the day of this show. Oh, okay. Um, the Weekly Cut. And so it's going to be a fun newsletter. When are we going to do our newsletter again? You know, he asked me if I had any plans of doing ours. um, We're just too busy. Because he didn't want to rip me off. And the the honest to God truth is I I have all sorts of plans for said newsletter, uh, which you can sign up for over at CigarPulpit.com. Um, but uh, realistically, and if nothing else, you want to give us your email so we can stay in contact with you when the socials eventually kick us off after this episode, most likely. It's very possible. Yeah. I do. I am curious as to what this call from the U.S. government was all about that I got during the show. Yeah. Um. That that has me somewhat. You should have just patched it in. Perplexed. No, <laughs> we could have asked them. It might have been. I. It might have been the Air Force Base for something with the paper. Yeah. I don't know, but still, it would have been maybe weird. your post office too. Oh, oh, God. It could be your post office. That actually could have been. Oh, I wonder if I don't have enough money in the account and they did Uh-oh. my mailing yesterday. That could Well, you're going to have be. to get up there then. That might really fuck my afternoon over really bad. Anyway, well, okay. I got to listen to a voicemail. So, Jeff, um, we're on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit as well as at Naked Gator. You just prompted Any... yourself for the socials. Yeah, I well, because like you didn't fucking do it. Any KKID Gator. That's my page. We're also on Facebook where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners group. Uh, you can sign up and uh, get in on that, and it's all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Twitter where we don't do jack shit. Nope. YouTube where you can watch this. And, guys, we do need your calls for Ask the Boys. Um, area code 863-874-0000. Somebody called the Ask the Boys hotline the other day. I don't okay. know who it was. They left, like, a dozen messages. Dear God. I don't know who it is. I don't know what it's about. I guess we'll find out Tuesday. We've got, right now, technically three different callers lined up for Tuesday, but like whoever it is left like a ton. I'm a little concerned heading into that. I don't know what that's all about. Guess we're um, going to find out. Yeah, I guess. I hope it's nothing like Is this one of those you should listen to at first? Yeah, I, I might, actually. Okay. I might. I'll give you a pass on this one. I might check that one out specifically because that one, it's a little unusual. It, it could be an Adam protocol in the offing. I don't know. I don't even know who it is. And the thing is, it's like, um, you know, Trent did that to us that one time when he thought he was entering into the contest and getting entries. But, like, this is not that. So yeah. I don't know what this is about. We'll so, find out. We'll find um, out together on Tuesday. There we go. Unless so, he looks at it first. I'm, I mean, I, I might. Yeah, I, so. prob- I probably will. Anyway, final thoughts on the Romeo Churchill this is an ass kicker. It's a it's a it's a cigar. It it is a it's a good cigar. It's not one that uh, I recommend on an empty stomach. I'm literally lightheaded. So, anyway, might have to lay down for a minute. If nothing else, I'm going to get some sugar in me. I need some sweet tea. There you go. So, well, guys, uh, this has been another sermon from the cigar pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. 
Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. curious oh, to get feedback on today's show. It's, I want to hear from the listeners it's about gonna that. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. This interesting this, topic for this sure. Was, this was a this was a Gator production, guys. Like this was this was all Gator. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. Cuz I have I have more people waiting in the wings to bring on. Oh boy. I like David. He's a good cat. He's a nice I, guy. I I met him one time and it's a very it, it was very interesting to interview very him for your story. Complicated subject that's it doesn't feel like there's a lot of clear-cut answers on. Exactly. Like, like it didn't sound like it was just the government doing it. It's like there's all kinds of – and it almost feels like there's different methods of doing it. Because correct me if I'm wrong, a Havana syndrome, that's a lot of use of, like, sonic technology to, like, it cause headaches like and all kinds of Basically, like, microwaves that went beyond headaches into brain injury. So, okay. So, so you got – And that's documented. So you've got that. But then at the same time, we're talking about, like, stalking and, yeah. and, and screwing around with people. I mean, like, you know, it just, just – Just pulling strings on people to see how they react. Yeah. There's a lot there. So then at that point, it's like anybody who's jacking around with somebody theoretically is well, the, the I, nebulous I, day I, that I we're talking about. I think what he was more talking about was on an organized, like... Larger level. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, it, it's it's the same thing as, you know, girl, like the mean girl thing, you know, getting girls to have, like, eating disorders and things. But it's it's that on steroids. Okay. Yeah. Interesting topic for sure. For sure. Well, guys, thank you so much. Take it easy, guys.